When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganello, all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Sestrino back with your Survivor burning question. And I've been having a lot of fun with this over these last couple of weeks because I really feel like this is me doing what I was put here to do by the creator. And I'm not talking about Mark Burnett, okay? I am here to really do a deep dive into one specific Survivor question that's on my mind. And this week, I want to talk about the idea of losing your vote and how does it affect you? And does lose your vote mean lose your game? And I think that this is really a fundamental question here at the heart of things in the new era of Survivor. So let's talk about this, especially as it pertains to this, the second week of Survivor 44, because we saw at the very start of this week's Survivor episode, we saw the fallout from the Ratu Tribal Council. And Matthew talks about how at that last Tribal Council, he played his shot in the dark. Uh, and he says, this last Tribal couldn't have gone better for me. I wanted the idol flushed. I wanted Brandon to stay. And Maddie got voted out by a single vote from Brandon. And so we see them back there and Matthew is talking about how we actually had two shots in the dark that got played at that tribal council. Now he tells the group that, well, look, I was in survival mode. That's why I played my shot in the dark. But we get a confessional from Matthew and he says, in reality, I knew I was safe. And I didn't want any of the heat on me, so I played my shot in the dark, really, as more of a play of strategy so that I didn't have to vote, which means that no one knew where my lines were. And the question that's really been on my mind is, was that a good decision for Matthew? Should a player want to lose their vote? Because ultimately, we've been taught as Survivor fans, of course, your vote is so powerful. Your vote is your voice in this game. Should a Survivor player ever want to lose their vote, let alone at the very first vote of the game? Now, interestingly, Matthew 
said to Jamie, Jamie, congratulations, you made history. First player to ever hit the shot in the dark successfully. But in his own way, Matthew also made history that night because more interestingly, he became the first player ever to use the shot in the dark as anything other than the last act of a desperate survivor player clearly on their way out of the game. He tried something that nobody's ever tried before to use the shot in the dark as a weapon. And Matthew willingly gave up his vote at the beginning of his survivor journey as a shot to stay in the dark more so than somebody who's just trying to stick around for one more vote. Was this a good idea? Let's talk about it more. Because, you know, that's not the only person who's lost their vote so far or given up their vote willingly in Survivor 44. It actually played a big part in this week's boot where Helen ended up being the person who went home. We saw Sarah, Helen's ally, in the premiere She got the inheritance advantage, but not before she had to stick her hand in and pull out the thing that said she lost her vote. That might have been a huge factor because we found out in the exit interviews that Sarah had told Helen and Carson about the fact that they had lost their, she had lost her vote. And so Carson, not wanting to potentially go into a 2-2 vote where Carolyn and Jam Jam put their two votes on Helen and Helen and Carson put two votes on Carolyn, ending up in a stalemate, Sarah's lost vote might have been the reason why Helen was the person who went home. Now, obviously, Uh, This was a bad outcome for Sarah to lose her vote, but not as bad as it was for Helen. And so I thought it was an interesting question to explore of uh, just how bad is it for a survivor who loses their vote? Now, if you listen to Jeff Probst, and I have really enjoyed listening to the new Jeff Probst on fire official survivor podcast, because you really get a little bit of a sense of like what Jeff is looking for in the new era. And really one of the themes that Jeff has really talked about a lot about wanting to explore in the new era of survivor is that will players take risks and potentially lose their vote, okay? That they talk about how that there is nowhere to hide, you're gonna lose your vote in the new era, and this is a big part of the creative that Survivor has come up with here in the 40s. Now, there has been some history of Survivor having its players lose their votes throughout really the 30s, and really starting with uh, in Survivor 30, we had the introduction of the extra vote, uh, where Dan Foley was the first person to get an extra vote. And then the extra vote gave way to a steal a vote, which Stephen ultimately had in Survivor Second Chances. And so we saw, actually, the first couple of times out, uh, that the person who was stealing the vote ultimately ended up, while they were taking a vote away from somebody else, it ended up uh, not going so great for the stealer of the vote. But we really move the ball forward a lot for players risking and losing their votes in Survivor Ghost Island, where 
that really started to become, that was like the first time that we had this mechanism in the game. You are going to, do you want to risk the thing to get something and you could lose your vote? And Jacob Derwin was the first person and he got to, he, he was in a like kind of like a desperate situation. He volunteered himself to go to Ghost Island. And when he was there, he got to play the game and he risked his vote and he got the stupid legacy advantage, uh, which uh, was not particularly useful to him, uh, nor was it particularly useful to Morgan Rickey, who he ended up giving it to. Um, we know famously in that season, also Chris Noble had the chance to risk his vote. He got the chance to go. He got JT's immunity idol from Survivor. I think it was from Survivor Game Changers. I think not the one he gave to Russell. I think it was the one that he buried in Survivor Game Changers and he got it and he could have kept himself safe and he, and he risked his vote to make it even more valuable and he risked his vote and he got it to be valuable for two tribal councils and he kept going. And he ultimately uh, didn't end up playing it and got voted out. So, it, it, you know, he was risking his vote, but ultimately uh, it didn't go great uh, for him having nothing to do with risking his vote. Uh, Davey had a chance to do the same thing as Chris Noble in Survivor, David versus Goliath. But then things got really weird in Survivor Island of the Idols, okay? Because you would go to the Island of the Idols and you could, and you had people like Elizabeth Beisel risked her vote to make a fire against Boston Rob for some reason. They duped her into like, uh, hey, you gotta risk it, you know, to make the fire against Boston Rob. And she did it and they were like, hey, you idiot, why did you do that? Um, Jamal just lost his vote for showing up to the Island of the Idols. So we're, we're, we're starting to get a lot of people losing votes here towards the end of the 30s. But in Survivor 40, they say, okay, we're going to really start to play with uh, fire tokens, okay? And they're going to, and and Survivor, maybe in a non-COVID world, where they film Survivor 41 right after Survivor 40, they they go all in on the fire tokens. But Mike White talks to Jeff Probst and asks him, is it fun? Is it fun? And then uh, Jeff says, you know what? You're right. You're right. No fire tokens, your, your vote is your currency. Yes, that's right. So we need to be even more, we're all in now on the currency of Survivor is the vote and you're gonna risk your vote to get more votes and to get more things and to get idols and it's gonna be all about in the new era, how many different ways can we get people risking their vote? And so Survivor comes back in Survivor 41. Now we have a ton of people constantly losing their vote. And so I want to talk a little bit about what that has meant to the players who have lost their vote. There's lots of ways in the new era that you can lose your vote. Uh, you can, of course, find the beware advantage. And the beware advantage, you pick it up and you open it up and it says you lost your vote. Until you complete this task, you've you've lost your vote. So you could lose your vote that way. Of course, every season of the Survivor of in the new era has featured the journey, the trek to Shipwheel Island, where on Shipwheel Island, now there's not even a way to play it safe anymore. You go to Shipwheel Island, you are risking your vote and you are potentially losing your vote and maybe you'll get a thing, okay? Um, what You don't even know what you're gonna get, but you're risking your vote if you, get, if, you, if you go there, okay? Also, you can also give up your vote to do a shot, something called the shot in the dark, where, okay, well now I'm not I'm not gonna vote, but I'm gonna take a chance to try to be safe. So there's lots of different ways. We never know how many people are voting. Lots of different ways you can give up your vote in the new era of Survivor. So I wanted to kind of go through 
what's happened to the people that have lost their vote here in the new era. And really, Xander was the first person that we really got to see this story happen to. Xander, we saw in the very first episode of Survivor 41, he went to Shipwheel Island and he risked his vote and he got an extra vote. And then in the next episode, he got a beware advantage and then he couldn't use either of his votes. And he had to say the phrase and nobody else was saying the phrase. And Xander lost his vote for the entire pre-merge of Survivor 41. Now, Losing his vote did not ultimately cost Xander his game. Actually, the way that it kind of affected what was going on with Xander was that Xander's ally, Voce, ended up getting voted out of the game. And it's interesting, especially going to Shipwheel Island, does that provide some sort of a protection for people where, okay, you might have lost your vote, but also maybe people think you have a thing. Now, in the case of Xander, he went back and he told he told Voce and he told Evie what he had. And I do think that the other players are very advantageous in Survivor, especially in the new era. And the other players might be thinking, okay, how can I use this? Especially where, okay, I have access to some sort of information. So Xander doesn't get voted out, doesn't become a target because he has no vote, but there might be some other ways in which this did affect Xander's game. I want to circle back to this. Uh, Brad also lost his vote after finding a beware advantage, but Brad had a lot going on, okay? I think Brad gets voted out whether or not he ends up having the beware advantage, okay? So let's just put Brad. Brad might just be a special case. Um, I, I don't have anything actionable about Brad. I mean, I think that Brad might have just been like so desperate at that point where, you know, he went for a beware advantage and, you know, couldn't end up voting. But season 42 featured a couple of interesting cases about players who lost their vote. And I think that really is top of mind for players here in Survivor 44, especially since season 42 was the last Survivor season that they got to see. Okay, in the early going, we saw Mike Turner had a great conversation with him. Uh, we touched on this a little bit. Mike picks up the beware advantage, doesn't have his vote. He tells two people about this. He tells Jenny, he tells Daniel. Daniel tells Chanel. And Daniel and Chanel, they're opportunistic. They're trying to think about, okay, what are the ways that we can use this to our advantage against Mike? They're not thinking, hey, we need to vote Mike out of the game, but they're trying to come up with some ways to prevent Mike's idol from becoming active. They even have a plan where they're like, okay, we're going to keep Mike from saying the phrase or keep the other people from uh, like getting the phrases said, and that will keep the idols inactive. And then when Daniel goes back and reads the clue again, it's actually, oh, when you get to the merge, the idol becomes active anyway, which sort of blows up that plan. And so Mike is without a vote in the pre-merge uh, because of what's going on with the beware advantage. But then we all remember famously Chanel herself, she's going to go to Shipwheel Island and Omer and Chanel, they get their wires crossed and ultimately Chanel loses her vote at that tribal council. And so we get set up 
for this tribal council and Chanel doesn't know that she doesn't have a vote. And then we get to the tribal council where Hi and Lydia, they're a pair and Mike and Jenny are a pair and Daniel and Chanel are a pair. And then we get to tribal council. There's six people at the tribal council and it's a two-two tie and Hi says, where are the votes? And so we end up in this scenario where ultimately, and it's interesting, Mike, who doesn't have a vote, isn't the target. Chanel, who doesn't have a vote, isn't the target. Two people who did have votes at that tribal council end up being the target. And ultimately, we know Daniel flipped his vote to avoid going to a rock draw, and it allows Mike to partner up with High and Lydia. And what's super interesting about this is that for Mike, if if he had his vote, he would have voted against Lydia at that tribal council. But interestingly, because Mike doesn't vote at that tribal council, he ends up in a scenario where he ends up working with High and Lydia coming out of that tribal council, even though he went into that tribal council where he would have voted against them. Now, the this tribal council, in my mind, is the defining tribal vote of the new era, pre-merge, pre-merge vote of the new era. And this is, I think, very much on the mind of everybody who is playing in Survivor 43. I believe they had seen this in Survivor 44 as well. Um, for Chanel, okay, this vote is kind of the beginning of the end for her she is going to stick around for a while, but ultimately she's not, never able to earn back the trust of the people from this tribal council. And so she, she lost her vote. She didn't get targeted for losing her vote, but she lost her chance to have a say in this vote, which might have changed her direction in the game. Now, interestingly, after this, they both get their votes back. Mike is able to, at that next tribal council, he writes down Daniel's name and he votes against Daniel. He votes with, with High and Lydia and is able to sort of like, okay, reassert his role in the direction of this tribe. Chanel, she gets her vote back. She does something that on the one hand was kind of a smart thing to do of, okay, well, in case Daniel places shot in the dark, I'm going to put a vote on Mike here just in case it's a tie vote. But ultimately that didn't end up happening and it ultimately ended up uh, really freezing out Chanel by the time we get to the merge. And really this decision that she made on Shipwell Island really put her on a direction where she was able to uh, not able to ever recover. Whereas Mike was able to get that, get a vote back in before they went to the merge and sort of like reassert himself as part of this alliance with Lydia and with High. Now, things didn't end up working out great. And really, uh, that has to do a lot with the next person I want to talk about. The other person who lost uh, his vote at Chippewa Island was Chanel, and that was Omer. And Omer, I believe, was the first person here in the new era who was able to use losing his vote really to his advantage. Now, Omer, he 
was not able to vote at the mergatory vote in season 42. And also on top of that, he was protected. He was part of the group uh, that had been on the right side of the hourglass and then ultimately was able to work behind the scenes and help protect a bunch of people from his tribe. But nobody knew where his allegiances were because his vote was not there. He didn't have to vote at that first tribal council. This is from Omer in Survivor 42. He says, right, uh, talking about the players that he's working with, he said, right now, my game is simply about creating options, as many options moving forward as possible. And I'm not closing any doors right now. So right now, I have alliances with the bigger group, and then I have an individual alliance with each one of the outliers because I didn't have a vote. People still think I'm on the bottom and I'm still going to work with them. And they think I was left out, which is brilliant because then I have intel coming from every side of the game. Information is the most powerful thing in the game right now. So having eyes and ears on every side of the island is invaluable for my game moving forward. So in a way, at times, you know, not having a vote can be something that's very powerful. And Omer set himself up with a number of options to have working relationships with so many different players throughout the middle of Survivor 42, only to have him taken out as the most powerful player in the game with only six people left in the game. Now in season 43, that there were a couple of other interesting points where people ended up losing their vote. I want to start off by talking about Dwight. Dwight, in the first episode, he went to Shipwheel Island with Gabler and with Carla, and Gabler got an idol that protected him for two votes, but Dwight risked his vote and lost it. And so what happened to Dwight because of this? Well, I got the chance to talk to Jesse after the season was over, and we got to talking about Dwight and losing his vote. And I asked him about like how much did Dwight losing his vote impact what was going on at Vessi? And while it did not make Dwight a target to have lost his vote, Dwight was not able to really have a say in what was going to happen at the first vote that Vessi went to where Justine went home. Dwight was much closer with, with the women, uh, with Justine and Noel at that tribe. And Jesse, you know, uh, where, yes, Dwight was his island wife at that point in time. He ultimately did not care that that was what Dwight wanted to do. Dwight did not have a say in what was going on. Losing his vote didn't make him a target, but made him lose his ability to have any say in the direction of the tribe. Ultimately, that coming out of that, you know, Jesse and Cody, uh, they ultimately cut bait with NECA, but Jesse and Cody from that point on are very, very close in the game. And ultimately, when we get to the merge, uh, it's going to be Jesse and Cody who flip against Dwight later on in the game. Now, Jesse himself and also Janine, uh, they also lost their vote. Now, for Janine, it was kind of a lost cause anyway in terms of uh, what had gone on with Gabler and with Ellie and all of that stuff. But for Jesse, he ends up in kind of a similar situation to Omer where he loses his vote right before the merge and then is able to go into that mergatory vote and doesn't have to 
write anybody's name down because he has lost his vote. I asked Jesse about that as well when I got the chance to speak with him. And he talked about, yeah, that was great. He was able to go up to everybody and able, he was able to go and, and, and talk to Ellie and, and he could make, you know, like, oh, sure. Yeah, let's let's do that. Knowing that he did not have to actually write a name down. So at a certain point in the game, it can be very advantageous not to have a vote. And so let's bring this back to where we are here in Survivor 44, because I think that the important thing here is not if you lose your vote, but it's when you lose your vote. And losing your vote in the early part of the game can create major problems, but there are ways to course correct if you get it back in time before you get to the merge. The ideal time, I think, to lose your vote is right before you go into that merge or for that first merge vote. So in the chaos of a big scramble that you don't have to necessarily throw your lot in with one side, you can sort of play the field like Omer did in Survivor 42 and be able to collect a bunch of different people that you could potentially work with rather than having to immediately jump to a side when you get to the merge. But in these small tribes, it can be very bad to lose your vote this early in the game. Now, in the case of Ratu, uh, when we're talking about Matthew, was this a good decision for him? It's it's very interesting because you have three different people who all didn't vote at that first tribal council for different reasons. Jamie, who was paranoid, who wanted to play the shot in the dark. Matthew, who wanted to make his vote disappear. And then also Lauren, who was trying to bank a vote to get an extra vote at a future tribal council. And so it's such a blank slate in this tribe where I really don't think that for any of them, not voting at the first tribal council is going to have any sort of negative repercussions for them moving forward. I think that's what's interesting is that we have Kane who is somebody who did cast a vote at that tribal council. And maybe the question that we should be asking isn't about how did Matthew make the wrong move by playing the shot in the dark? Did Kane make the wrong move by not playing the shot in the dark? Because had he played his shot in the dark at the first tribal council, I think that he would be in a very different situation. And so for Kane, yeah, I think it's probably better to not have a vote than to be on the wrong side of the vote, for sure. Uh, I do wonder if, you know, for for Kane, that, I mean, how loyal was he to Maddie to uh, go down with that sinking ship? Um, this is a small sample size here in the new era, but losing your vote tends to not mean that you are going to be the person who goes home. Uh, it does seem to in a lot of cases, mean that one of your close allies can go home. And that can ultimately, losing that key ally is ultimately something that we have seen negatively affect the direction of the game who of players who lose their vote early on. And so that brings us back to Sarah. And so Sarah, yes, she lost her vote and she did get this inheritance advantage, but I'm not sure if it's going to do her any good because by losing her vote, 
that it did not make her a target, but it did give Carson a reason to flip away from Sarah and from Helen. And ultimately, Helen got voted out. And I feel like that for Sarah, we are headed towards a negative trajectory where it's looking pretty bleak for Sarah moving forward. There's one other player in this game who has lost their vote, and that is none other than Matt, who's lost his vote for not one, but two tribal councils. But how this affects his game is going to totally depend on when those tribal councils happen. We saw Mike Turner lose his vote, but get it back, and then ultimately be able to get in uh, a powerful position with Hi and Lydia, again, that is until like uh, that was destabilized by forces outside of his tribe uh, when Omer was uh, telling uh, some some not some stupid lies. OK, Chanel, uh, she got her vote back, but didn't use it in a way that helped to uh, build some trust to get back in with the group. Um, we saw Xander didn't get to vote again with his group before the merge. Was Xander ever seen as an equal stakeholder in Yasa? That's hard to say, but I wonder, could that have affected why Xander was a zero-vote finalist in the game if he was looked at as somebody who just didn't have a lot of agency, especially early in the game, especially when Tiffany and Evie were the mayors of Ponderosa and uh, were the first people to go there, could they have felt like, oh, okay, I'm with Xander, you know, that he wasn't, we, he, he didn't even have a vote in the pre-merge. We didn't care what he had to say. Is, is that possible? So for Matt, uh, I think that... You know, not having a voice in the pre-merge is going to be a factor, but if he can avoid tribal council in the first part of the game, be one of these people, one of these tribes like Luvu back in Survivor 41, where if they could potentially avoid a tribal council in the pre-merge, now Matt could end up is going to the merge and the mergatory votes without a vote. And this could end up being a blessing in disguise for him, especially somebody who is part of a duo who may be trying to obfuscate that him and Franny could potentially be a voting block. So for Matt, I think it's all going to come down to staying out of the tribal councils because as we have seen in the new era, for somebody who has a tight ally like Matt has, this is a bad situation where you have seen not having a say in this vote could lead to ultimately maybe Franny being the person who gets targeted and Matt on a trajectory towards being headed out of the game. With that in mind, Let's talk about what we might see coming up on this week's episode of Survivor. I want to uh, bring in my charts, of course. Uh, let's take a look at where we are at with our tribes. And so let's start off with talking about uh, Ratu, where we saw that after Maddie went home, uh, this was a little bit of a bounce back week that we saw in episode number two for Ratu, where Kane really does seem to be 
on the outs. I thought that Jamie was going to be the person who was going to be targeted after she was so paranoid. She played the shot in the dark. But for Kane, he really is in a bad situation. I also had thought that Matthew, with his injury, was going to end up being a cause for Ratsu to potentially to lose an immunity challenge. But ultimately, he ended up being uh, the savior of the team uh, from practicing with the puzzle he made out of plywood. So it still does look bleak for Kane. We'll see if he could potentially find some sort of an idol or an advantage. We don't know. We have not seen this. And I think that we could make a whole other video sometime of how the... not important, the impotence of the hidden immunity idol in the new era. I do think that that is also an interesting part of this discussion when we talk about the beware advantages of, is it even worth it when you're losing your vote early on because the idols have not been successful uh, in the new era really at all. You've seen players just sort of like hold them towards uh, the end of the game and ultimately use them more just as something to talk about at final tribal council or use them just at the final five when uh, nobody really needs them. So we'll see if uh, a idol gets rehidden in the pre-merge. But yeah, things are not looking good for Kane, but Matthew, maybe his shoulder is feeling better. And so maybe Ratu is able to avoid a tribal council coming up this week. Now over at Tika. Okay. I told you how things look very bleak for Sarah. Hard to see the scenario where any of these people, especially when we're down to four members at Tika, is able to want to work with Sarah. Like, barring Sarah, like, I don't know. And Carolyn already has the hidden immunity idol, so I don't really see a way out for Sarah. Also, I feel like that this tribe is looking a little, like, uh not having a lot of firepower going into the challenges, uh, that they are going to have to play all of these players that we have uh, not really seen uh, them be amazing challenge performers yet. And so uh, it would not surprise me if Tika is headed back to Tribal Council for this next round. And maybe uh, this could be Sarah ultimately going home here. Uh, And then over at Soka, we have, of course, uh, Matt and Franny. But don't forget, Matt has no vote. Uh, And then Claire and Heidi. Really, um, for me, it still comes down to Danny and Josh. We have just seen nothing from Josh uh, so far. And I don't think that that's necessarily a good omen for him. Danny seems to be uh, getting loaded up with advantages. And uh, it seems like that he's probably a little bit more fitting in with the tribe than Josh is. So I guess my pick here is going to be Josh. If I have to make an official pick uh, from one of these tribes, I think that it's probably Tika going back to a tribal council and then Sarah being the person who ends up going home this week on Survivor. Okay. Really want to thank all of the patrons that we've had come on board here in Survivor 44. Really, uh, we've had uh, such great patron support here over the last couple of weeks. So many of you uh, coming on board to watch Australian Survivor with us, which I've been loving. Getting to talk about that with Shannon Gus every week has been super fun. Plus, Big Brother Canada, a lot of people coming on board to watch Big Brother Canada with us and the other patrons. So we really appreciate 
all of our new patrons as well as our year, our nine-year history of patrons here on Rob Has a Planet. So uh, really, thank you all so much for helping to make content like this possible. This is uh, the kind of stuff that really gets me excited to do this podcast. So thank you. I really appreciate you all listening to this type of content. And if you want to join us uh, as part of this uh, Rob has a Podcast patron community, head on over to robhasawebsite.com slash patron. I'll also be doing a Survivor Academy this weekend uh, with Jordan Kalish talking about the lessons future Survivor players will have learned from the first three hours. And I think we will be incorporating this and a lot of the stuff that Jeff has talked about on the On Fire official Survivor podcast too, as well in terms of advantages and things that they are looking to interject even more into the new era. I'm having so much fun doing these. Love getting your comments on YouTube. Also love to hear from you on social media. Thank you all so much for joining us for another Survivor burning question. Enjoy Survivor this week, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.